1: Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews. By oh.
2: students,
3: for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome.
0: Well, welcome back to the Shortcode Podcast. <laughs>
3: That's not supposed to happen.
0: Okay. Anyway, welcome back to the Shortcode Podcast. I on strong. A production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Listeners, what if I told you? That I'd assembled a group of people so wonderful, so talented, so smart that they could talk into microphones and give you their half-thought-out opinions on things I hastily assembled this morning for them to have half-thought-out opinions on. Is it possible? I think it is. <laughs> Kyle Kinder is here. What is it? Uh, Miranda Skeen is rocking a mic.
4: I'm back. Nick
0: uh, Nick Lind. <laughs> <laughs> It's I'm, <laughs> an, I'm anticipating he will appear, <laughs> and John Pienta, Doctor John Pienta, has graced us once again Woo. with his presence. Thank you for joining me. All right, I've survived. Again. I've survived your previous exposure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the
4: IC fifty of Dave is very low.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
4: The science nerds in the room. I know that what that
0: joke. is. <laughs> How's it going, guys? What's going on in y'all's lives? It's Miranda sciencing.
4: I am sciencing.
0: John's doing whatever John does out in the world. Yeah. Full time dad, dad, dadding, fathering.
4: He was showing us (laughs) pictures of his child before we recorded and she has the biggest eyes and they're kind of creepy. She's
0: very cute too. She's very fun to talk to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyle,
5: what are you up to? I'm just chilling. You're just chilling. Playing video
4: games.
0: (laughs) Chatting
5: with your friends on Discord. (laughs) Racing my bike.
0: Oh, that sounds better. Yeah. Uh,
4: Yeah.
5: (laughs) Racing not. your motorcycle. No, it's a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> that's dis-
0: that a suddenly other, became a lot
4: less cool. That's yeah. Disappointing.
5: Yes. I Me and a bunch of other 30 year olds who
0: shave their legs. Do you so you're actually racing your bike? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. Look, let's get into this. Let's get into the physics here. <laughs> it, does shaving your legs make any difference to anything in I the mean, world. Look at these things.
5: They are, are very Are you
0: they no, wait.
5: They are you not entertained? <laughs>
0: entertained <laughs> yes i'm sorry i'm I going just... to
4: interject but any of our listeners who are swimmers i'm going to advocate for you yes it does make a difference in swimming i don't know about air but i do know about water
0: yeah it makes a difference. i want to see the evidence I, I mean i think the <laughs> well i would water is much thicker so yeah yes. i guess the effect would be greater but
4: scientist that... dave etler water is thicker water, water is, is thicker, is thicker.
5: <laughs> it's wetter too i i can science the uh i know the aerodynamic Advantage, I think, is negligible, but I think it's. Uh, it just makes you feel sexy. Yeah,
2: it, it makes you feel it's a commitment. It's definitely true yeah. in water, especially being you know having alopecia and having no hair at all.
5: <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> I'll tell ya, you, you do feel oh, faster. So fast. I didn't know why. I, I, we didn't even ma- I
0: didn't make that connection, but yeah, that's even genius. even we have that a little, person right
2: here, that little eyebrow patch where I should have
0: eyebrows.
5: Oh, totally. You can
0: just feel the speed. Yeah, John entered med school. This is a cautionary tale. John entered med school with a full head of red, bright red hair. And now he is completely bald. He's lost every bit of hair. I think he's beautiful. I really do. Med school
5: did that to you, John? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. I remember actually like first, um, I think it was mostly through first semester. Um, I would be like sitting at a, you know, at the table, like doing my exam and, you know, on the computer or whatever, clicking on answers and kind of thinking, you know, I'd run my hand through my hair. And at the end of the exam, there'd be like a pile of hair. <laughs> oh, God. It's oh frightening. And I'm thinking. What? That's, that's not right. That's <laughs> not, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Let me see if I can make a diagnosis. Here. And, <laughs> and our, our med school has, um, these communities that like, you know, like Hogwarts school, yeah. little mm-hmm. Hogwarts houses. Um, and our, our community was head by Dr. Lou here and
0: a dermatologist
2: time, who's a dermatologist. And so, you know, I kind of curbsided him one day and I was like, is this, am I, what? what is this? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it was alopecia.
4: I would, I would like. You to have say a beautiful
0: round head, John. Mm, it is a that shape. I think that is. I think I've told you this before on the show. You have a, you you have a nice round head, which is so mm. fortunate
5: because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some people don't. Not cony, not bulbous. <laughs> yeah. Just, just right.
4: It occurs to me that, and I, I'm sure that was disconcerting when it was happening. But I almost feel worse for whoever was sitting behind you because they're like, how stressful is this exam? Yeah.
3: This is just... Were there
5: were there were there exam scores like a few deviations below the rest? Also, We could
2: we we, we,
5: we, we, we could go back
2: and look at the record, I bet, because they know we had uh, do, do I, th- I think we had. No, we we had de facto assigned seating. You know, everyone oh, yeah. got to their right. like their zone. Don't sit in my fing seat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but but they knew like which port you plug your computer in. Like they could oh, yeah, yeah. they could track it to oh, make sure that people weren't um, Wow, this is possible. <laughs> so but I don't know that they saved the they you know the data don't from save that, that. but but they definitely do have it at, at the time. So right. they can definitely check if you're you know coming You know what you could do word. with that
0: information aside from what you've proposed is just to find the people who are loci of bad test scores, right? I mean, there's got to be, maybe, how do we know that there aren't people who just spread negative vibes from themselves and affect those around them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, that, but that was it. That was Miranda, me. Miranda's looking skeptical. <laughs> mm. But well, I because think...
4: Because what you're proposing is something like they send out radio waves that make the people around them dumber. And I'm a little bit... People, I have, but, I'm,
2: th- I'm thinking miasma. Yeah. We've got to go back a little. We've got to reach a little
0: further back than radio waves. <laughs> Look, this 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 could be a thing. I mean, people around us affect us. Uh, you know, people who are negative uh, cause negative feelings and Yeah.
2: Okay. I I still think that t- I yeah, idea. Miranda
0: has lost her her uh her sense of wonder about
5: Have you world. ever had your aura massaged like for real? Yeah.
4: no Kyle I can't say that I have had my aura massage Yeah,
2: so I was going to say that sounds like a proposal so I I like Kyle's idea though of this like you know this person is like sitting there really like stressed out about this test they're like oh man I'm losing my mind and they look up and they're like and that guy is losing his mind and his hair. <laughs> Everything is normal. Everything, Just keep breathing. You'll probably survive. I, I don't know it, about him. It could but. be a
4: comfort in that respect because it's like, well, I'm doing poorly, but that guy is having a much worse day than I am.
2: He's literally shedding now.
4: <laughs> he is. He's way more stressed about this than anyone else in the room.
0: But John's shampoo budget has plummeted.
2: Yeah. Oh, I haven't oh, spent any money on a haircut. I, uh, I save on razors. Yeah. Although I would say nose hair is extremely valuable. You you undervalue your nose. Oh, and also eyelashes because that keeps the sweat out of your eyes when you're like running.
0: Judging by um, the rate of ear hair production, I that I experience,
5: I'm overvaluing. <laughs> your, oh, yeah, yeah, your 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 body your body's in discordance with it. Yeah, yeah I'm starting to find like these long wispy like ear hairs at the yep. edge of my ears like that's the sign oh, that I you're don't get becoming them an old man i don't right? get them there i still get them inside but. or possibly oh, a yeah. sign that you're turning my...
4: into a werewolf
5: it's possible yeah oh. i got my teen wolf thing going oh, especially okay. like if i don't get a haircut for a while and like my neck starts getting really fuzzy my tragus Tr- tragus yeah that's the flap over your over your ear canal
0: the tragus oh yeah that's where they appear wow listeners oh, i bad. hope you're <laughs> i hope you're enjoying these bits of info you're getting today <laughs>
4: Also wow. this is a historic moment where Dave just taught us a medical fact. See yes. that?
0: Yeah. See that? Ah. Sophisticated borbarygmy.
4: Okay, now you're just making things up. No, no this is a
0: good one. This okay. is borbarygmy. This is the sound that your uh in your guts make moving around in there. That's borbarygmy. Those, I will uh,
4: never, ever get over or, the fact that medicine just needs to have complicated words for everything. It's like, it's your stomach growling. That's what that noise is.
2: My my favorite condition, just out of the blue, is it was called Ondine's Curse.
4: Oh, I've heard of this, actually.
2: And uh, it happens when you have a very particular locus of stroke in your brainstem and you lose autonomic control of your respiratory rate. <laughs> Solid.
4: <laughs> Sorry, you're,
2: you're over there googling it. I was There's a
4: hidden fourth <laughs> guest in the room. <laughs> Br-
2: Br- British, British Google or British Google theory? just here
4: to pronounce words. I don't know why I clicked
2: that. <laughs> so, so, I mean, can can you sleep? You have to go on a ventilator. Ah, uh. yeah, yeah. Like so these, these people will yeah, it's really terrifying sounding.
4: <laughs> I know, and it's named after like someone in Greek mythology who cheated on a water nymph. Never ever cheat on a water nymph. No. And that nymph no, that's him a to terrible to forget Definitely to breathe if he not. fell asleep. So that's why it's called on Dean's Curse.
0: According to Google, uh the use of the word borborygmy seems to have peaked between the eighteen I don't know, forties and the nineteen twenties. So hmm. perhaps it's not surprising that, that you don't know it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. well good i we, i think we've all learned something yeah uh, my brain is full <laughs> guys i um modern society <laughs> modern society has its uh share of uh conspiracies and some of those involve medicine uh, I found the following claims about medicine and doctors. I'm sorry.
4: I'm I'm going to I'm just gonna going to keep going. I'm not going to comment on um, This Kyle <laughs> just growled into his mic and no one commented.
2: it was the it was the mind-blown sound. <laughs> yeah. No no, no th- today this episode of Shortcoat podcast Morning Morning DJ Radio DJs that's really what we've become. Shock jock Shock morning joke. radio, radio DJs.
5: Yeah, we're all gonna get our worries okay, okay. massaged at the I, was in my,
2: I was in my own world. It will be consensual though. Okay. It will be whether you okay. like it or
4: not. I just had to stop because like Kyle and I were giggling and I didn't honestly hear anything you were you were saying. Let's start so. over. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Guys, modern society has had a share of conspiracy theories. Some of those involving medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, it's Nick Lind, everybody. Hey, oh. Nick's here. Nick's
1: here. Nick. Burp, burp, burp. Nick forgot. I I did. It was terrible. Like, I, I blame it on blood loss. Where did you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, go on. Was it
1: consensual? Uh, <laughs> uh, did I want to give up the blood? No. Did I have to? Yes. <laughs> okay. Just Just some laughs. Ru- oh, ru- Rugby. Ru- nothing, <laughs> nothing actually, uh, you know. Serious. That's but uh, anyway, that's going to be my excuse. I don't know that it's I, accurate, could not, but. I could not. I couldn't not call you out. <laughs> no, no especially because yesterday we're yeah, like, hey, you can't wait. For I me. literally saw Dave yesterday and was like hanging out over here. I was like, hey, yeah, it'll be great to be on the podcast tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you. And then like today, I just totally lost track of time. It's almost as though you're doing something more important with your lives than mm. podcasting. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm this gonna might
1: ex- be the most important part of my day. For
0: your benefit. <laughs> that I'm flattered. For your benefit, Nick, I'm going to start. I'm going to start this for the third time.
4: <laughs> Wait, sorry. We have to go over break me with Nick.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, modern society has a chair of conspiracy theories and some involve medicine. Okay. I found the following claims which the site in question labels facts about medicine and doctors on organicconsumers.org. So let's discuss them, but your challenge is to first uh, find the grain of truth in them. So we're doing the whole 13th man thing, right? All right.
4: <laughs> sure. Just a room full of blank looks. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't, that
0: the, isn't that the theory where the, you know if you have a group of people and they're trying to make a decision, you always have one person whose job it is to refute the decision uh, so, that you, sure. so that you don't yeah. succumb to group speak. <laughs> that's that'd be me great <laughs> now i know what my life has been all about thank you <laughs> you're the 13th man yeah yeah out of out of 12 <laughs> here's the uh i don't know why 13 anyway uh, yeah here's uh the first oh, the jury oh okay uh, yeah. clocks
4: Yes, also clocks have twelve numbers. <laughs> well done, Kyle.
0: <laughs> the
1: man outside of time. Bagels.
3: <laughs>
1: Eggs. S- swatches. <laughs> swatches.
0: All right, here's the first here's the first fact. Ninety percent of all diseases cancer, diabetes, depression, heart disease, are easily preventable through diet, nutrition, sunlight, and exercise. None of these solutions are ever promoted because they make no money. Don't refute, find the grain of truth.
4: I was sitting here about to be, that's probably at least mostly true. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say 90%, but the rest of it I think is pretty, I, honestly pretty true. Okay.
2: I, I think it might be 100% true. <laughs> 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 I mean, I if you look, so for example, if you look at our statistics about, you know, the sort of projected cost increases due to overweight, obesity, and type mm-hmm. 2 diabetes, all of which are completely treatable, preventable, curable. Um, I, d- 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 yeah, I think it is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just have to be careful about like the sunlight one. Like, right? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. a lot more to the sunlight question than we had previously appreciated. But like, you can't be one of those guys like the Breyarians, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those is where, where I can look just uh, get my energy by looking
5: yeah. at the sun or something. Oh, uh, I saw a lady like that on Wife Swap. <laughs> <laughs> it was like ten years ago, and this like, and they're like interviewing the kids, and this kid's like, my new mom eats the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and god. I want to draw that now <laughs>
3: That's
0: great. Somebody write these things down for t-shirts. That's funny I, I know.
2: I'm Such I'm thinking I'm thinking that's a good idea. In fact, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> My new mom eats the sun.
2: <laughs> new mom eats the sun.
0: <laughs> All right. So you're you're uh, primarily in agreement. Maybe 90% might be stretching it, but yeah you're primarily in agreement. Has
5: anybody heard about uh Dr. Walls and the Walls diet?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry, Terry Walls is a uh, is on the faculty here.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: my understanding, John, I think uh you probably know about Dr. Walls too. Mhm. Um she uh she had MS, she has mm-hmm. MS. And uh she, at one point when I first met her, she was essentially uh uh she used a mobility scooter to get around. She was a, you know, very uh she's pretty impaired, not 100%, but you know, she needed a scooter. Now she just walks around like a normal person, like a person who is not uh, afflicted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she did it all through. She says she did it all through diet, uh, modifying her diet.
1: Yep. So, not eating the sun. Yeah, not eating the sun. Eating vegetables. Clarifying that
2: there, there's some really bizarre things though about the sun thing. So the like if you take the aggregate, I think it was the aggregate hour sun hour exposure of women before the age of 13 or 16 anyway um that had a very strong negative correlation with the likelihood of autoimmune diseases so that is to say the more sun exposure that they got before you know they were 16 um seemed to have a cumulative effect in preventing lupus rheumatoid arthritis multiple sclerosis and you know (laughs) um those kinds so so it's like there's a little bit more uh, complicated question I mean there's a lot of um, um, like nitric oxide nitric oxide vascular mediators and things like that that are that are released when when your skin is exposed to sunlight Um, and and that may have a you know blood pressure Mm -hmm. modifying effect as well as um, some you know sort of anti-inflammatory or vascular effects and so so, it's sort of like, sun is probably okay. Avoid sunburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And know that the more sun you get, the more you're going to get, the sort of, the more likely you are to get, you know, basal cell or squamous cell, which are the less deadly
0: um, skin cancers. Just like water? Yep. Dosage dependent. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Toxic. Less for some of us than others. Yeah. We've got uh, <laughs> a couple of pale
0: people. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, by the way, Wall's protocol, uh meat and fish, vegetables, especially leafy green vegetables, brightly colored fruit like berries. Yep. Uh fat from animal and plant sources. But don't eat dairy products and eggs, grains, legumes. Well, that's unfortunate. I like legumes. <laughs> Nightshade vegetables, which include tomatoes, eggplant, potatoes, and peppers. So several things I like, and sugar. And don't eat tobacco. <laughs> Don't eat
5: eat tobacco. It's always bad.
0: Tobacco does not count as leafy green. (laughs) Anyway. All right, let's move on to the next one. Nearly all the consumption of pharmaceuticals today is a direct result of marketing to the public and covertly bribing physicians to write more prescriptions. There is very little drug consumption based on scientific merit.
4: Mm. I mean, Mm. I really, really want to jump in and say I think that that does happen. Like, I mean, we do get there's a reason why drug companies pay money for advertising to, you know, lay people. And it's because it works. Mm-hmm. And they end up going to their doctor and being like, Hey, I saw an ad for this. Can we try this? And that'll work. Um, I would like to think there's not a lot of covert bribing happening, but the cynical part of me wants to say it happens.
0: Depends but, on how you interpret the word bribe, right? I mean, you yeah. can, there's plenty of there. there I mean, mo- many hospitals now have, uh, policies against accepting any gifts. Yeah. um, From from uh, pharmaceutical companies or or representatives of device makers or things like that um, as a conflict of interest. If you think of those as a bribe, there's there's also plenty of people that I've heard of who have been like, these things won't affect me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have that problem where Mm -hmm. I would be swayed to. um, But the evidence doesn't agree with that. I think yeah yeah yes
2: yeah. so you know that's one of the sad things of sort of psychology is is y- there's a real serious limit to your free will and and where you're like oh you know I i I can be beyond that it's like yeah well you know when they're priming your brain and they're you know sort of retooling a bunch of this sort of subconscious mechanisms like you're 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 you're, you're gonna be trying to swim up a waterfall at some point Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. how about this one no pharmaceuticals actually cure or resolve the underlying causes of diseases even successful drugs only manage symptoms usually at the cost of interfering with other physiological functions that will cause side effects down the road there is no such thing as a drug without a side effect 100% true Oh, uh,
4: the <laughs> la- <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well, i was gonna say i feel like the last this one's sentence... hard to
0: address because there's several claims in right. there that yeah. yeah
4: i was gonna say like the last sentence i would feel like has some kernel of truth to it where, okay. like, yeah. i was surprised to know that like every drug you take pretty much has a side effect but like pharma this this one is just like does pharmacology work and i'm sitting here going how much time do we have yeah. like i mean like so th- think of like
1: antibiotics especially if you have like a really serious infection that you're not going to kick with your own immune system like
4: the antibiotics yeah the
1: antibiotics work yeah and i I think (laughs) yeah i think i
2: think they were they're 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 like the kernel of truth is a that's a really good point because it's like that that whole sentence probably true if they change the word no drug to <laughs> most drugs yeah right yeah. and it's like because i mean the perfect counter example to that <laughs> is harvoni har- 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 right the the um hep- hepatitis c cure yeah. it's a drug yeah. literally cures that viral yeah. infection yeah. Mm-hmm. that's it i mean obviously it has side effects probably the biggest one is you know brokenness
3: because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so like true. what
2: is it eighty thousand dollars a month the really terrifying thing is they probably priced it as such to ensure that the virus wouldn't be eradicated in like less than one generation
3: mm-hmm. and so
2: mm-hmm. that they could continue to sell it and i won't go into any conspiracy theory or anything about it but it's like if you think about it if well, they sold it at cost or whatever yeah, that, and gave it to everyone who had hep C, there would be no more hep C
1: and there would be no more need for the drug. I so, can't remember the cost, but I, I mean, it's like ridiculously less expensive yeah. in Canada right, for yeah. the same drug. I mean, you can always go on interferon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and
1: that's, that's a classic example of that, you
2: know, 80% of the time it works every time.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, y'all are on board with the the next one. Then uh, there is no financial incentive for anyone in today's system of medicine, drug companies, hospitals, doctors, etc., to actually make patients well. Profits are found in continued sickness, not wellness or prevention.
4: I've actually heard this one before, where people will attest that the cure to a bunch of cancers does exist, but the people that found it out just don't like sell it out as palliatives, as opposed to actually giving it in doses that would be curative because they can make more money that way again don't know if i believe it but
0: yeah i mean it technically the statement is true right yeah. i mean there is no financial that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. i was incentive. like le-
2: leaning very hard on that because it's like yeah the the, the that is abs- i mean i think that there isn't a lot of financial incentive to like you know have a counselor or you know Fitness expert, or something like that, or nutritionist, you know, yeah, or, right. or, or but yeah, yeah, behavioral change uh, counselors and stuff like that at your primary care clinic, where uh, you know, wherein that might actually save you or, or your patient base at least, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it actually, to that end, it kind of reminds me, you guys. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm assuming still when you got your um, your like medicine and society classes um, heard a lot about ACEs, the ACEs mm-hmm. study. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I recently learned the origin of that. And that was, it was kind of, it was kind of mind blowing. So there was this, this doctor, I think it's Robert F- um, Fellini um, worked for Kaiser, um, which is a big, like managed healthcare organization in, and uh, Southern California. And he, he, he was tasked with helping severely severely overweight people this was like in the 80s so severely overweight patients like 400 plus pound patients um to lose weight and so he was sort of like the clinic of last resort and and uh so he took the data and he said okay here's what we're going to do we're going to do medically monitored fasting um patients lose 300 pounds a year it works really well Um, and that that worked all well, and it was all well and good, and he found that he had a significant number of his patients who basically would regain all the weight, Mm -hmm. and and he noticed, you know, when he started talking to them and listening to them, um, that the women in his group um, would report, for example, that they lost a bunch of weight, they got hit on, and that made them uncomfortable, and then they regained their weight so that they were no longer getting unwanted attention from men. And he asked sort of like, "Is so when did you start gaining the weight? And it was like 50 plus percent of his female patients had had basically been sexually assaulted. Oh, um, and, and before way, but
0: well before they yeah, were treated.
2: Right. And so that, you know, when they were a teenager or when yeah. they were in their youth and, and he was like, this is insane. How did how like you know, obesity wasn't a problem, it was a solution um, to, you know, unwanted attention, things like that. Um, And anyway, he so he he took this and he he sort of formally gathered the data from his patients and he was like, you know, 50% of my female patients or more, I think it was 55% had reported sexual assault, um, the vast majority of his male patients had reported, you know, like childhood neglect or things like that. And he took this to an obesity conference and <clears throat> presented it. And basically the response to him was, yeah, we hear this bullshit from um, fat people all the time. They're just making excuses. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, so he wow. he got together with another physician whose name I don't remember. And they got CDC CDC funding as well as, you know, some other co-funding. And they created the study called the the called the ACEs study, where they looked at traumatic events in childhood and their predictive ability, you know, for predicting sort of negative health outcomes. And it ended up being an even stronger predictor of whether or not someone would be depressed, um, and mm. uh, you know, if they had a certain number of these events that had occurred, um, you know. So I think if you've had six of these events, like a parent was imprisoned. Uh, you know you lost a parent your parents were uh, divorced you were assaulted you were neglected etc um if you have six or more of them you're third 31 times more likely to attempt or complete suicide hmm. ah. so it's like there's there's nothing there's like there was like literally nothing in medicine that's like other than you know directly inheriting the gene for a disease that was more predictive of whether or not someone would have one of these negative outcomes.
0: I've never heard the origin story of the aces and uh, thing. That's cool. B- but
2: basically it was like people people said, you know, your stories of your patients' lives is not true. And he's yeah. like, Bull- bullshit. I'll, right. pr- I'll prove it to you, you know, on a, on a population scale. Um, which I thought was kind of badass. <laughs> like kind of a yeah. badass
0: way to turn, yeah. around, turn, turn it around.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. Let's try this one. Uh, virtually all the prevention programs you see today such as free mammograms or other screening programs are little more than cleverly disguised patient recruitment schemes they use free screenings to scare people into agreeing to expensive and often unnecessary treatments that enrich drug companies Breast cancer mammography is a complete scam. The machines actually cause cancer. (laughs) Whoa.
4: Okay. Now we're heading into territory that's getting a little bit more tinfoil hat.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess the kernel of truth is that there is radiation exposure. Yeah. And large amounts of radiation exposure can cause cancer. But I mean, the radiation exposure is pretty low in a mammogram. Yeah. Yeah. So plus,
4: like, one thing I learned when I got to med school is that. those sort of guidelines for how often you should get screened for what conditions and whatnot, like under constant supervision. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of thought that these are things that doctors just throw out. Like, Oh, we don't really have a way to detect this until it's too late. So let's just, Oh, you get screened every once every three years. But it turns out that there's like people that go to conferences and debate this about like, you know, when's too early, when's too late, when's the peak time, how often. and, And,
0: and it seems like to me in many cases, the recommendations decrease over time often Mm -hmm. so you you start out with a you know with a frequent with a relatively frequent uh uh, interval between say mammograms and then as time goes on and the science accumulates Mm -hmm. um they seem in my perception to generally decrease in frequency am i they they just want to get you in the door dave yeah
2: (laughs) that's right that's how they get you and next thing you know man they're going to be massaging your chakras
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, hands off my chaco no, but I, I thought it was
2: a it was a good one for them to have picked because it is really hotly debated like to yeah. the point where I have some friends family members are physician you know radiologist um specialist and they they say like don't don't do it
4: yeah. Well, part of um, that is that the rate of like false treatment is so high, where it's like yeah. they'll find like this tiny little thing that's probably fine, but they end up you having to go through like an expensive and invasive treatment to deal with what was just something harmless.
2: Right. And there's, you know, there's so there's a, you know, a finite non-zero risk to a to a lumpectomy, and that you'll end up being treated for you something know, you don't pe- actually people have. die on the operating table yeah. people people get mm-hmm. the wrong medication and recovery etc 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 right and so like y- there's always a cost-benefit analysis and basically their argument was um the also the science or the the physiology of breast cancer there's that whole argument where it's like maybe the the cancers that we're detecting are like sort of terminally differentiated this is sort of one set of arguments is that like the ductal carcinoma in situ that we're finding dcis then in tissue and mammography is like a like a terminally differentiated branch of cancer and that that it like may not actually transform into the kinds of breast cancer that Mm. really 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 nasty um so there's again it was like super hotly debated it's good that they sort of i mean good uh they picked it because they they're trying to so you know they're trying to get you to just sort of hop onto their mm-hmm. bandwagon but but yeah that it is it, like you said it is really hotly debated like yeah. there are whole fields of people who are you know all but fist fighting over it
4: yeah mm. i mean you know we do the best that we can with the science that we have and then when the science gets better we revise what we treat our patients and then people who were treated earlier maybe didn't have the the best guidelines but it was the best we had at the time mm.
0: Well, good. Thank you for helping me find the kernel of truth in these. <laughs> All right, let's pop them. Somewhat. Some uh, well, I think we already popped them. <laughs> yeah. I think in most cases we popped them.
4: Kyle, your foley work is on point today. I'm loving it. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Guys, um, I don't know if you realize this, but we sell t-shirts for charity. Hey. I'm here to say that they are very nice shirts. They are very nice. They are. Um, if you ask me. I mean, they're available in different colors, but they all have the same design. Is that your benchmark
4: to, for a nice shirt? Colors, it comes sir. in colors. <laughs>
0: but the point is, the real point is, the fabrics are soft. It is super
1: soft. Uh, yeah. As a baby's hiney. Oh, that's Why great. did you
4: have to make it weird? Yeah. We're trying to market t-shirts.
1: If you want to... My daughter likes them. Th- really? There yeah, we go. She thinks, she thinks the shirt is really cool. Really? Yeah. I, I, I guess so, I should I buy mean, one now yeah <laughs> See, like, how, my daughter likes if, if four year olds are really into the shirt I think yeah oh, everybody the, listening to this podcast did she buy a shirt for fifteen dollars she she did not but What to hell with her <laughs> <laughs> I think she has maybe five dollars in her ooh piggy bank she is wealthy for <laughs> she's, a she's rolling dough. she has more money than she has years on this planet <laughs> very good I'm glad to hear that I don't mean she should I hope go we to all hell, should
3: do. Do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> small children shouldn't go to hell I I yeah. I <laughs>
1: what, what a terrible person Wait, are, are. We, are we buying Dang. our way
0: out of hell now I, sure really, I rescind that <laughs> if you want to if you want one of these t-shirts it's going over to the shortcoat.com slash store, get a look at them, maybe spend a little uh maybe I don't know, 15 bucks. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that much.
4: Can we make up know, the slogan on the website? Our... T-shirt four-year-old approved. Yeah.
0: yeah. It yeah. might, it might buy your way out of hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, actually, that's a good point. If you're yeah. feeling guilty about something, go and buy a t-shirt because it helps the National Alliance on Mental Illness mm-hmm. and its mission to end the stigma associated with things like depression and other mental illnesses. Again, that's the shortcode.com Shortcoat.com
1: slash store. Plus, nice. it, it might help you with like head and neck anatomy. That's that true. true. Yeah. So, that like, is this true. is actually going, it's investing in your future. Yep. As a pre med or a medical student, whatever you are listening to this.
4: And it's investing in the future of millions <laughs> of Americans with mental illness. There exactly. There we go. It's a win win.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You can't lose.
2: Yeah. If you're that is the point of a win-win scenario. If you're, if you're a pre-med, a med student, uh, you know, flaming hell, hell beast, whatever whoever you are, listening, a flaming hellhound, ready to bark, you know, bark down the door. Nice. Get, get one of these shirts. I've been I've been
0: searching for
5: a way to reach out to the flaming hellhound de- demographic, and I finally found. It. You just did. Appreciate that. Yeah, speaking of t-shirts, I was I was doing a STEM event. And uh, I was talking to these like fourth graders about sun exposure and how to protect yourself and, um, you know, wearing long sleeve t shirts. And I said, So I was asking the kids, I said, So what color would you have your long sleeve t shirt? You know, what, what color would be best? And this little girl raises her hand, she goes, Tank top.
3: <laughs> 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 Tank top. She might have missed the point.
2: I I, I think she wins. I think she she won uh, tank top.
0: (laughs) What color tank top? Yes, she's awesome. Oh yeah, future med student. The
4: girl's going places.
0: Future president of the world. (laughs) Please, (laughs) guys, I got a hot tip from an old friend, CCOM graduate, Dr. Yolanda Villavazo. This week, she works at the VA. Uh, And she was recently asked to sign off on a patient note in the EMR. When she looked at the note, she found that it was a story. Um, It turns out that the VA system has been getting volunteers to interview hospitalized patients, asking them what they want their providers to know about them. Um, The project called My Life, My Story has actually been around since 2013, but it's the first time Dr. V had run across it at the at the VA here in Iowa City. She found that it really helped her understand what the patient who was very sick and their family would want from their care. Um, She did not tell me what was in the story. I think that would be probably a HIPAA violation, but um, but uh, I mean, she found it really moving Uh, Her initial thought there's oh, crap, it's another thing I got to do Mm -hmm. um, was sort of overcome by what she read and how it actually helped her understand what this patient wanted um, in life, basically. And so helped her really helped her inform this care or her care of the patient. Um, From an outcomes perspective, there is some research that shows that the better you know your patient, the better they'll get. So there's a 2011 study that tested the hypothesis that diabetic patients Blood sugar levels were better controlled when their doctors tested high on empathy scores. Um, for instance, they found that patients had an A1C of 56% and an LDLC of 59% for high empathy docs, and 40% A1C and 44% LDLC for low empathy docs. Which is, um, I'm assuming, a measure of goodness. Those numbers. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Is that does that? remember I yeah. right, John? I'm not. I'm not sure what
2: that number. I mean, like maybe they were scaling them you know the scale, scaled scaled yeah. scores and that you know they were the docs who were low in empathy were sort of
0: 10% got 10% worse outcomes well i but, don't know but, but i yeah. do know that another study found that patients with a cold who saw doctors they rated high on empathy experienced a reduction in the cold's duration by nearly a day Miranda's like "Mm, I ain't buying that shit (laughs) (laughs) Oh, causation
5: or correlation this has
0: nothing to do with the fact that most scientific studies cannot be reproduced yeah (laughs) Yeah.
4: well part of me was just going you know like is this a retrospective thing or like because if someone has a good experience going to the doctor like their cold might be the same amount of time but like you know the last couple days where the symptoms are very mild they might just be like oh it's cleared up where someone went and kind of got Dismissed was like, oh, this cold lasted forever, and it was so annoying.
1: Like, right? if, if the study said they didn't get a cold at all, <laughs> or like the cold was one day long, then then maybe that that seems like a significant outcome. They but, went uh, to their
4: doctor and never got a cold
1: I, again. I yeah, I mean, and they've they've gone to the, some
2: crazy extents for studies kind of like that. I think there was like a was it a it might have been a mindfulness study like meditation study Mm -hmm. where they, they took people and they actually infected them with a cold and then they weighed their tissues and they like, like, you know, like this, they housed (laughs) them
5: in an apartment, measured their auras. Yeah. yeah,
2: (laughs) Measured and massaged the aura. Hmm. Um, Threw hot stones at them. Wait, no, <laughs> right. um,
4: is there any reason for how crystals? they infected them? Because I like to think that they just found the one researcher who had a cold that day and just had them like walk in and sneeze, sneeze on all the participants. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think I think they I think they like nasal mist atomizer cold oh, virus wow. into you. Like, the same thing. Something yeah, you know, I mean, like here, breathe same. this vapor of cold virus. That sounds <laughs> oh, horrible. And and yeah. then. Or, or it might have even been the flu. Anyway, I'm, I'm misremembering, and that's the worst oh, part wow. of science, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going oh, to massage this result to mean whatever I want it to because of my memory. Oh,
4: damn it. Did we give you the flu vial or the cold vial? Gosh, I can never remember.
2: Uh,
0: that was Ebola. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, right. sorry, guys. Why
4: don't we label these things?
0: <laughs> I'm hoping that we can... Um, and back to the main... Uh, part of the story. Oh right, yeah. I'm, I'm, ho- <laughs> i Yeah, we it were, worked. We're so. just dissecting the kernel of truth. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm hoping that uh, Dr. Villavazo can uh, see if she can find someone to talk about this on the show because I thought, you know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure we need to look at the the outcomes aspect of this i think as a measure as a as a way of acknowledging human dignity in in uh, an environment that so often seems to strip human dignity mm-hmm. the hospital yeah. yeah i think it's worth you know investigating i think it's worth trying out you yes. know doing. and
4: i like that idea because it's the kind of thing that doctors would want to do anyway which is go in and like ask a patient to talk about their values but yeah. you know you get like a 15 minute interview time you've got a queue of you know 30 other patients breathing yeah. down your neck and you know not have time
5: for that time. yeah like it's <laughs>
4: just a restriction that no one a lot of doctors don't have time so i like that idea of you know saying that up front like tell me what you want to know before i start mm-hmm. and then we can, because then it creates a cooperative environment as well, which is always something that uh, is a goal in a medical interview.
0: The the uh, proposed structure for this um, type of thing uh, was basically, you know, you could employ a single writer for a hospital, say for twenty three grand or twenty five grand or whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and which uh, shows the value of writing apparently <laughs> in our society. <laughs> I,
5: I think that might have been the part time number.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then I hope so. Yeah. And, and then, you know, employing volunteers to actually collect the information from pain, just basically sitting there and, and, and jotting down the story. I think. Mm. Yeah.
2: The, I, I think the idea of like narrative therapy, um, the, that, that, you know, you, you, somebody, whether it's you, the physician or, a, or, a you know, a volunteer with your organization that comes in and, And gets a larger picture story of your patient. I think that that's really, I think that's really compelling. And I think it's, again, it's one of those things. It's like, if you're searching for for an empiric reason to justify, like, knowing, better knowing the human condition (laughs) and the life aspect and life story of the people that you care for. I feel like you've really missed the boat on this one. You know, it's like
0: a uh, it, it, Well, so much about medicine is like ju- co- justifying costs and Yeah,
3: right. And yeah. And right. things like
0: that and so it's I think it's natural to look for some objective measure of its benefit. And and I think I think that that's we don't I, cope very well with squishy ideas. And I think know?
2: right. I, I mean I I think that's all well and good but I think that that, that as a primary driver, you know, should be I should be the 13th man on that one, you know, and stand there and go, Hey, hold on. You know, we need to talk
4: about the squishy bits,
2: right? Maybe the reason, you know, maybe the reason why we do this, it's sort of like,
0: because um, we should,
2: it's even be, it's it's sort of even beyond ethics, right? It's, it's not like the how of things. It's the, what do we even care about? Mm -hmm. You know, if we really just care about bottom line, then we're going to plow over that kind of stuff. And so that there should be at some, you know, i mean it's it, you look at any of these organizations mission statements and it's going to be in there that that we we, it, we care about more than the bottom line it's going to be an implicit assumption of their mission statement um and so you know bringing that to to service i think is really important and i think it you know maybe it's a maybe that's a a, a call to the Harkening back to the days of the small town doctor. It's like maybe knowing your patients quite well, um, is, is in fact in service of your patient's greater health. And, and, uh, you know, there ought to be reason to reason enough. That ought to be good enough.
5: Yeah. 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 Um, I think branching off of that too, like there's a, there's a difference between like just doing your job and actually giving a shit and, (laughs) Hmm. and also you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think um, something about chronic diseases and and perhaps having a, a coach or or somebody to help you with like behavioral changes. It's kind of interesting though, how we frame that now as like that, that's a job or a position. Like w- why can't that just be your neighbor helping you with that? Or somebody, you know, like having a communal approach. Like I, I feel like, in today's day and age, we've gotten away from that so much that I, these things that we perhaps historically would just do for each other in a community mm-hmm. have been commodified. I, I would, you
0: know, just in my off the cuff reaction to that is it's all about specialization now, right? Back in the day, we were all just trying to survive. And so we were, we were sort of um, generalists, right? And that meant that we, you know, worked with other people to do our thing. We, we did our best to get along with each other. Um, we, uh, we were, we were, we knew how to do a lot of things, um, and that includes supporting each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And now as time has go, go, gone on and civilization has advanced, we now, you know, we go to work for eight to 10 hours a day, uh, or three hours if you're like some people i know um (laughs) you uh you you know you focus your attention on a specific thing you go to your house and you stay inside um it's just uh you know we're, we're not communal anymore yeah You Um, don't, you don't know the names of any of your neighbors. I do actually.
2: You know, it's like that. I I mean, you,
1: Jackie, I have to tell you're (laughs) old. (laughs) Well, yeah, sweaters and stuff. I I have a story.
0: I have a story about our neighbors. Um, and, uh, I think I've, I don't know if I've told this story. I haven't told it to you guys probably. So we have a concrete pig on our lawn. (laughs) Sweet. Uh, which my wife selected from an outdoor, uh, you know, sort of decoration place. And, uh, um, I, you know, she, she's just funny that way she wants she wanted a pig. So I'm like, so we're like, all right, get a pig. This pig is, has become something of an important touchstone in our neighborhood for people, for some people. We are known as the house with the pig now. We're on the corner of a very busy road in Iowa city. And, um, you know, people are always driving by Jackie, First of all, we got, we got a, uh, we got a a letter, handwritten letter uh, on stationery at the top that says something like senior citizens are just um, teenagers that are, I don't know, teenagers that are advanced (laughs) or something like that. And there's this impassioned letter that says how much joy the pig has brought to this person's life. Okay. (laughs) So that's that's point number one. Point number two, Jackie is a neighbor. Who has stopped by several times with clothing for the pig? Once a knitted sweater, <laughs> um, uh, and lately an RBG collar, uh, Ruth <laughs> nice. Bader Ginsburg collar for the pig.
1: Um, the, po- the descent collar? Yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah. The, the,
0: the thing that RBG was. The, the regular one. I don't, I, oh, actually, she has like a, descent she has one. two different ones. Yeah. I think she has multiple. I think it might be the descent. That's <laughs> the like pop, the pops, the popped collar. Like yeah. I'm coming in here. <laughs> and then she stopped by the other day to show, uh, no, but none of us were home except for my son. Um, so he got the, the pleasure of, um, seeing a picture on her phone that she had taken of a church window covered with bird poop in the shape of a bird.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> so meta
0: so um yeah i know my neighbors all right good that's because cool. of the pig because yeah. of the pig see that's some
4: I people mean, might call that the bird pooped on the window i call that a self-portrait
0: i'm just excited that that uh we have somebody like jack in our lives yeah awesome. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't escalate but <laughs> i don't know
4: May I take this opportunity to tell a small anecdote? Yes. Um, Because that reminded me. Why
0: should I get all the fun? (laughs) (laughs)
4: On my childhood home, there was a very long road that led to our neighborhood. And along that road, um, someone's property backed up to it. And they had these two giant plaster cows. And they they were like kind of humanized cows, kind of cartoonish. So Hmm. they would like lean on the fence that sort of separated their field from the road. Hmm. And like, it was the same thing where the whole neighborhood just knew these cows. We loved these cows. And actually, eventually they one time that they got stolen and it was like in the news in our neighborhood that like the Mm. cow was stolen, someone stole it. And eventually the cows left. I think the they were bought by someone and that someone took them to their own private residence.
0: Christine Selfish would be heartbreak, heartbroken if the concrete pig got stolen. Mm, but fortunately, it weighs <laughs> so much. Anyway. Like, it could...
4: when, when the cows were sold, they actually got like an article. I believe it was on either page one or page two of our local newspaper that wow. like, cows were sold will no longer be along Woodman Road. Mm. And it was actually like everyone basically had a mini funeral for these cows. because oh. we missed them So much.
3: I
2: think it was Chick-fil-A. I I blame Chick fil A for this.
4: (laughs) They did look very similar to the Chick fil A cows. There could be a conspiracy.
2: Yeah.
0: Physical and intellectual property theft. (laughs) Guys, uh, please give me a yes if you have done a research poster. Yes. Yeah. We had to.
4: We had
5: to. to. It was
0: compulsory. I'm going to say something you might not want to (laughs) hear. there's a better way to do it. Your research posters suck. Oh yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Not the science (laughs) part. you don't have to
4: rub it in. Not the science
0: part or the methods part or the conclusions part. All those are great, okay? The part I hate is looking at them, is reading Mm. them, okay? Mm -hmm. I wander among rows of bulletin boards, staring at incomprehensibly wordy and jumbled messes on large sheets of paper trying to be interested in what I'm seeing and completely failing at it. Okay. Now I, you know, I'm not Mr. Science, but you know, and so it could be that I'm so lacking in my knowledge. My brain is so stupid that I can't understand your science word vomit. Yeah. Don't dumb us down, Dave. <laughs> is it? So I, I have to wonder, is it me? Mm. No. Yes. Mm. I wondered that. And then I said, no. According to doctoral candidate Mike Morrison from Michigan State, it's the format, people. Ah. Not only are individual posters a nightmare, a visual nightmare, they're often surrounded by dozens of other posters that have the same problem. So you end up skimming, quote, desperately, as Morrison says, without retaining anything. Here's a clip from a video Morrison posted on YouTube on the poster presenter's experience with the normal poster session, which I will link to at theshowcode.com and which is now required viewing... For all Short Coat podcast co-hosts. What?
1: Most of the time, you're standing by your poster all eager while people just walk by you and don't even look at your poster as if you don't exist while you try to like stare them down out of desperation like, please, someone respond to my work. And then the whole hour of the poster session goes by and no one is even not even not just engaged with your poster, but no one has looked at your poster. And then you just take your poster down and you look at it and you remember that it cost $100 to print. And then you throw it away. And then you think, maybe my research wasn't that interesting anyway. And that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> oh, ouch.
2: I, so I think the solution then is just print your conclusion over the space of 70% of the middle of your poster. <laughs> That's what he then, argues. And then hide everything else, like any reason to refute, discuss, understand your research. Behind a QR code.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not precisely what he said. Uh, But he does present a solution. And as John said, you uh, first present your conclusion in a large area of the poster with a background color that corresponds to the type of research you're doing. So uh, green for study, blue for theory, red for methods, yellow for intervention. I'm sure the color isn't that important. What is important is that for that title, ditch the technical verbiage. If you say non-cognitive or you know, heterogeneous or anything like that in your poster, I will pummel you. Mm. Okay.
4: I believe it's heterogeneous, but (laughs) people,
0: (laughs) people more quickly understand plain language and that gets attention faster than academic language. Mm. Make that title a plain statement of your main finding. Don't be just like, uh, we studied this thing. Who gives a shit? Mm Hmm. I'm having fun with this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: So So we did did science. Here's
0: the result. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the important bit aside from that is what he calls the right side ammo bar. This is the ammunition for your conclusion. That's where you put your tables and figures and stuff that you need when actually discussing this with another human being. Okay, so you can point to that. And it sort of helps to remind you of the important bits Mm. that you want to convey on the left side is the silent presenter bar. This is for people who come along while you're talking to somebody else. It's intro methods results with a graph or two. You know, none of this has to be perfectly formatted or anything, but the last part is the part for people who, just in case, want to get into the nitty gritty details. Somebody, you've captured somebody's imagination and now they want to know more. So that's the QR code that John referred to. You put your paper... And a copy of your poster behind that QR code, they can take a picture of it, which a lot of people do anyway. I've noticed they take pictures of posters and then they move on so they can look at them later, but they never do. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, most phones now take QR codes just natively. You take your picture and it will immediately say, hey, there is a link here. And then they can take that link with them. Hmm. What do you think?
4: I will say. How's my
0: presentation here?
4: It's lovely. Um, I have mixed feelings because I agree that walking around a poster session is pretty intimidating but I would argue that the solution isn't to completely reformat the poster to something new although that is a valid option I would argue that the solution is to teach people how to do posters better Mm. and do them more often simply because I mean I remember one of my first research first valid research experiences that I did a poster on I would you know print my poster, take it to my P.I. And I did this probably three or four times, three or four drafts before I presented it. And every time she just wrote in big red letters, less words. Yeah. And it, that ended up being one of the best posters I ever did. Cause it was all figures. It was pretty much mostly, I, I mean, I had a couple of bullet points, but it was pretty much all pictures, all figures, all graphs, all this stuff. And it was a really good poster. There's an
0: academic writing style, isn't there? That That mm-hmm. I feel just kind of blows meaning out of the water a lot of times, you know? So it's like, how can we say this in as many words of more than three syllables? I, I still, can we do this? I still remember
2: one of the edits on one of my like grant proposals that that one of the professors made, <clears throat> you know, it was like a little crossed out section, and then you hover over it, and it just said, britishiness
3: <laughs>
2: and i was like that's perfect man if you use the word whilst you know in your in your science grant or per- like you, you you check yourself yeah you know
3: F- you got you. Too far.
2: yeah so and, and and it was it was such a good point you know because like now i read through it and i'm like am i translating all of my you know results my my what I'm trying to convey to you through like some weird Jules Verne engine in my brain, <laughs> like, or or am I yeah, or am I trying to plainly communicate? And I think it goes exactly like what you were saying. You, we need to teach people how to do a better job yeah. of communicating. Mm-hmm. And I think the answer, like, when you guys see the picture of what his poster recommendation looks like, I think the 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 you know probably best practice will be somewhere between that and yeah. what we have today because yeah, really agree. i was not being facetious it is like more than half of the space of the poster is just a single sentence like we we've you know studied well, frog spawn and water makes them good like <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and it's like okay great um why should i believe you you know oh so, you're saying you need to put a bunch of evidence and description and explanation of what you did and how you did it and why you did it. Yeah, behind that. Like, well, so then maybe you need, you know mm. less than fifty yeah. percent to be this sentence.
4: like I would argue it's a good it's like, training tool of like forcing you to put your data into like very small manageable chunks, but I would definitely not. I, I personally would not use that as like, this should be the format going forward because it feels like a lot of wasted opportunity.
0: Well, I'm going to challenge you, Miranda. Oh, here's your challenge. Your challenge is to take not this, not this format, but the ideas represented in this format, maybe you can, you know, incorporate some of this idea I, I know of all the people in this room you're the most likely probably to do a poster presentation in, the, in fact i will in, have
4: to do one in the future uh, i mean
0: it's it's just in that i mean like these guys might do one um but you definitely will yeah i challenge you to try it and see what you can make of it mm-hmm. i don't i what i'm not challenging you to. do, i want to be clear what i'm not challenging you to do is do what he does what he yeah. is recommending um
4: does this mean you I come would, to my poster presentation? I will
0: if you tell me in the future that you do this. I don't. I mean, I will come. Okay, I will ask you a question.
4: That's a you fair trade off. He'll of edit
0: your poster. I, he might even he, do it for you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might. Ooh, okay. There we go. He,
2: he might <laughs> pay your hundred dollar print. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: Although I will I, say, I would like to know where they're getting their posters printed because I don't think I've ever had a poster cost me more than yeah, fifty yeah, bucks, yeah. no matter the size. Uh, so they
5: don't, so. have, they don't have an confused. engineering a, department like we do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start printing them out of
2: my basement. Hundred bucks. <laughs> I could do that for ninety two. By <laughs> myself. <laughs> do you know? Buy myself a short coat t-shirt yeah, yeah. You know,
5: by lot. the way i, I tell that, you if you get your pro you yeah, never mind <laughs> <laughs> all right that, look. New, that new poster uh, format though i mean i guess it's it's more approachable in terms of like sparking discussion right yeah. with the guy oh, like that's the idea of a yeah. poster session
0: isn't it? i mean yeah there's got to be science there's got to be you know information there's got to be methods results conclusion yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. but at its core I th- I would like personally as a non-science guy, I would like it to be about having a conversation with somebody. And yeah. I I so and I'm, I never want to talk to the people who are at the poster presentations. A because I don't know what the hell they're talking about, which is a me problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So and, I had a lot of experience with with con- conveying completely out of left field results to people. So like I gave a talk on using differential equations to model. Um, accident mechanics in all-terrain vehicles and children so i presented that now that was an oral presentation Mm -hmm. but i presented that to a group of pediatricians right Mm -hmm. so like you you've gotta and it's not dumbing it down like at one point i in fact made a joke of it i actually walked them through the entire solving the differential equations part but it was like you know and then we do this okay all right now you know you can (laughs) wipe your brow the math is done <laughs> yes you know um clear your eyes so part of part of the answer to, to his you know uh, youtube thing there was like don't you know suck less at being a presenter <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it, like nobody talked to me and and nobody learned anything it's like yeah th- th- that would be your job to help them learn something mm-hmm. to convey what your <laughs> results and even if you
0: so you're saying he's he's right a lot of people do it wrong And Um, there may be more than one approach. Right. Right. And absolutely. More than one reason why you're doing
2: it. And a better poster design would be a better vehicle for that.
0: I'm a very visual person. I do graphic design, um, you know, when I'm allowed to do it at my job or when it's when it's important. Um, I have always felt like um, uh, this. It's, you know, it's an overlooked skill for poster makers. Um, I did have one more. My one of my wife's uh, bosses once said i'm very suspicious of an attractive poster because just why com- is it so attractive what are they hiding <laughs> just comic with sans their attractiveness comic sans the yeah. whole comic sans, sans whole is thing. not attractive yeah. change my mind <laughs> never take comic sans
2: seriously <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's how you do it that's how you, that that'll end that thought Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> like also, just comic sans the whole poster and then they're like why should I even read this?
4: <laughs> I'm also going to make one other comment that I believe that this new poster design that he proposes is a bit too restrictive. Because I have been in the position multiple... I think I've maybe had one research poster where I actually had any conclusions. Because, I mean, most projects you'll undertake as an undergrad, as a medical student, even as like, you know first and second year grad student, you don't have data. You don't have yeah. any conclusions. So, like, what am I going to put in the middle of my poster? Like, I... Made a cell line. <laughs> I can't do anything with it, but I made it. C- and yeah.
1: Conclusions. Ta-da.
4: <laughs> conclusions. And, I scienced. And even yeah.
1: if you do have data, I mean, you you may have worked for, you know, like six months to a year and you've done like one experiment that yeah, you exactly. have, like, it's like actual data on. I can't
4: make a meaningful conclusion <laughs> yeah. with this because I so would be is lying this a, to is you. Is this a
0: problem with, uh, with medical student posters in the sense that you're... I you're working, it's a wish, it might be a very short-term project. project. It's science. It, that's science. Because yeah. yeah, right, like, I do work. basic
4: science stuff or for a summer yeah. project. I go into it knowing I'm not going to get data. Like, I'm yeah. in it for the experience and then presenting a poster is part of the experience. So part of it is just you have to be able to adapt the person to it. Your
0: headline would be, I did it wrong. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, or,
4: exactly. Or
2: like, you know, you have like a little jar at the end and like, this is the jar of my tears yeah.
4: from, from, all
2: of the, from all of my failures in the last year yeah. <laughs> on working on this project. That is my conclusion. Well, let's play a game.
4: I feel so personally attacked right now and I don't <laughs> appreciate it. No, no,
2: no. I'm uh, like, I had that exact same experience in, in, device development electrical and computer engineering poster presentation that i did you know it's like not only am i trying to get somebody to like care about what's on an oscilloscope which is like pretty much impossible uh but i mean like ooh, look waves yay um but uh but that yeah but you have to be like um so we're not done we've
3: (laughs) yeah we kind of found this on accident
2: it's really cool because it has some really crazy implications, but that's kind of like step one, steal underpants, step two, and then step three, profit. You know, we don't know what step two is.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like to wrap this whole thread up, I understand what he's doing and I appreciate it. And there is a necessity in kind of figuring out how to do poster presentations mm-hmm. better. I don't think throwing it away and starting over is the solution, wow. but I definitely think he's coming from a good,
0: place you have your challenge Miranda no, I and do. know your audience right. Yes, too, yes. right because be if
2: sure. it's like you know super technical like you're going to the you know one place <laughs> in, in the world where everyone like absolutely knows all of you know this one niche you know the conference on computer security or something you're gonna need that space for you know results methods etc but if you're like yeah you're at the president's university president poster presentation where like the audience might be lawyers Dave. and and, fa- and <laughs> faculty and administrators short. from completely different sections of, you know, the entire university and the public.
0: Then, yeah, I think, it, yeah, just know your audience. Okay. Well, let's play a game. I'm going to present let's. you with some research titles. Mm. Okay, You try to pick the real one from those I made oh, up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you ready? It's going be impossible. <laughs> All right. That's the first set.
4: Okay, sorry, to clarify, how many, oops, sorry, how many titles and... I will
0: give you three. Three. One of them is real. One of them is real. Okay. All right. Number one in the first set, optimization of flour-based cake formulations for positive nutritional impact and gustatory satisfaction. (laughs) Ovulatory cycle effects on tip earnings by lap dancers, economic evidence for human estrus... Subcognitive effects of hyperhidrosis for individuals re- relocated to tropical climates. Which one of these is the real?
4: Can you say that last one again?
0: Subcognitive effects of hyperhidrosis for individuals relocated to tropical climates. I'm
5: mm. gonna go with number two.
4: I I want to say number three, but I feel like it's like the most mundane, so I feel like it's the one you made up.
1: I think I'm mundane. (laughs) I think you're mundane. (laughs) I'm going to go with one. You and your stupid posters.
2: Cover the board here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I'll go with three. I'll go with three. Oh yeah! I, now I get to be the tiebreaker, that thirteenth man again. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel
4: like the definition of thirteenth man has been changing. We're
2: moving the target. We're, yeah, we're moving the goalposts <laughs> so, a lot. Actually, my favorite science phrase: "We're painting bullseyes around all our bullet holes." <laughs> <laughs> while we're at it, that's awesome. Okay, so choice. Um, so, so you're choosing. I, I I just I want cakes to taste better. You know, oh, good t- t- taste t- cake tastes better
5: now. Good for you, number
4: good. one. All right, yeah.
5: and and you said I said the exotic dancing. You're I right. Really want, you're I've the right been, one.
4: Ah, yes. Oh, that was yeah. what I wanted to be right. I've never yes.
5: and I've never been to to one of those before. Well, no, the, no, the no, authors.
4: I, no one asked
3: you. The
5: authors. Yeah. The authors of a two two thousand seven study
0: uh, in evolution and human behavior found a significant correlation between ovulation and an increased. Income from Tips, which the authors called the huh. first direct economic evidence for the existence and, and importance of estrus in contemporary human females.
4: What are you talking about? I've never mm. been to a lap dance place. I don't, that, I don't know why you didn't that. Would say that.
0: <laughs> All right, here's the next set. That's,
4: that's super cool. I'm going to read that.
0: The next set is, do ethicists steal more books? Uh, a comparison of chocolate cravings of pre-teenage females before, at, and after onset of Menarche chimpanzee preferences for attractiveness among other non-human primates
5: what was the first one
0: do ethicists steal more books
4: (laughs) i'm definitely going with number one i
1: like that one yeah because I, I, I think yeah. any of these can Ch- be any t-
2: tween tween chocolate consumption. No, oh, okay. <laughs> definitely going to be my my <laughs> pick. All right, that was a got with the,
0: I the uh,
1: what was it the a, the third one? Chimpanzee preferences. Yeah. <laughs> For attractiveness. Yeah. Chimpanzee attractiveness. And and you Preferably. said.
5: Uh, I, I haven't said. I'm I'm going to stick with the Menarch. I'm I'm okay. gone. Yeah, the uh, right
0: answer is do ethicists steal more books (laughs) published in 2009 in philosophical psychology, philosophical psychology, university library Uh. books on ethics of the sort likely to be borrowed mainly by professors and advanced students of philosophy were quote about 50% more likely to be missing. From shelves and non-ethnic mm. books, on oh, similar
5: academic levels.
0: Is is that, I thought they meant like it plagiarizing.
4: It I didn't realize <laughs> they meant actually stealing <laughs> physical <laughs> books. It's probably
5: correlated with their department budgets.
4: <laughs> oh, I, I think that, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I
5: think we have a I think we have a causal arrow right there.
4: <laughs> well, not to mention that like I feel like ethicists just read more books. Like yeah, all, like, I, I <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. Like, they were so interested in reading the book, they actually <laughs> went yeah, to the like, library. Unlike so all right. the other, <laughs> unlike all
0: of the other specialists.
4: Well, the rest of us, it's like, I, when I need a journal article, I go online and find it. See, like you're but picturing
0: like, like dusty old ethicists, <laughs> like, I don't know, oh the internet, I don't know how to read, go online, I'm going to go to the library. Wait, when
1: was that study published? 2000, 2009. Oh, okay. It's, it's, so, oh, okay. I mean, you might have been. Yeah, going to the library more often and what, yeah. That. What was anyway, it, What what, no what range?
5: What years were that? was their data? Data? Clock? I don't know.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> data. <laughs> <laughs> that's asking. <laughs> that's asking what a year, lot of was somebody who is panicking that they didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one: impact of wet underwear on thermoregulatory responses and thermal comfort in the cold. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just
4: the cold. <laughs> An
0: anatomic and. Wait, an anatomic and physiologic consideration of centaur morphology possibility. <laughs> Ripe with potential, a long-term pharmaceutical solution for non-desirable hair.
4: I want two to be true mm. so badly. Three. Please, please let it be two.
1: I said three. Three? I'm gonna go with the first one. First one? Yeah.
2: John? Uh, I would just have to be guessing now because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs>
1: go Solid. with the centaurs. Yeah, the,
2: yeah. the, the, the uh, it, it's got half man, half half horse, horse, horse yeah. With two yeah, hearts.
1: So, yeah. I mean, come on. What? Two <laughs> hearts? This
5: is, this where, is I mean, you me. got to
2: look at where that horse Starz heart is. Time,
0: horse. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I did I do remember reading something. Maybe we talked about Are it they before.
5: the yeah. true 13th man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, the right answer is impact of wet underwear on thermal
4: respiratory oh oh responses. Gosh darn it. got one right. Wait,
0: <laughs> wet under... Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that seems that seems plausible. You definitely... If, if your underwear is going to be wet, you want it to be wool. Yeah.
4: Well, there That's may not be death. an article on centaur anatomy and physiology, but there will be by the time I graduate. Oh okay. <laughs> Yeah, there,
0: there, there will be now. There will gentlemen. be now. Yeah, t- by the way, listeners, feel free to take all of these ideas. I, you know, for your, for your own presentation. <laughs> Who wears...
5: Wool underwear.
0: So wool,
2: wool, <laughs> wool keeps the 80% of its thermal insulatory value when it's yeah. soaked all the way through. So that wasn't
4: our question. Our question that's was... That's <laughs> really
2: value. It's a really valuable thing if you're like going camping, especially yeah. somewhere cold where you may or may not get wet. Like, you like it's kind of like, like a one-time <laughs> use
1: thing, though. I mean, it's hard to launder uh, <laughs> wool. Oh yeah, you can get like extremes. merino wool. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's nice and soft and comfortable. D- so, yeah. You're, yeah. You're,
2: you're Midwesterners. How have you not discovered like wool long underwear, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, like well, this okay, is long this underwear and underwear.
0: Long underwear things. and underwear are different things. You yeah. wear underwear underneath your long underwear. You could
2: get you could get, you could get regular you can you get, get regular yeah. underwear out yeah. made oh, with merino.
0: Yeah, like Icebreaker is a great. I'm not
2: I'm not plugging them. I I mean I if they want to not a sponsor. If they want to send us some free uh, wool underwear so we can have that we'll on, the on the show. like it, you know,
0: you imagine shot five shot. of us sitting around in our long underwear? Um,
4: <laughs> my God. We'll, free Wait, does wool me undies underwear? have long underwear? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this, that one came out in 1994, uh, a 1994 issue of Ergonomics. All right, next one. Okay. Effects of unexpected ingestion of canned cat food on attention and memory as mediated by flavor, texture, and olfactory characteristics. <laughs> <laughs> the booty call: a compromise between men's and women's ideal meeting strategies. Anxiety and arousal effects
1: on performance of mundane household tasks.
4: Hmm.
1: I go with the booty call.
4: I'm gonna go with three.
1: They, they're trying to get clicks on the booty call. Oh, <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm on that bandwagon yeah. right there.
5: All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, booty call bandwagon. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the booty um. call: a compromise.
0: Uh, this of course, was all in- the men in the room
4: decided to go for the booty call one. Yeah, all right. We see so, where, we see no, where no, this podcast no is heading. No comment.
0: No comment. From the 2009 Journal of Sex Research. It uh, looked at the behavior of 61 students from the University of Texas at Austin and their booty calls. The study found that the booty call may represent a compromise between the short-term sexual nature of men's ideal relationships and the long-term commitment ideally favored by women.
4: Of course, that's with the Longhorn so, study.
5: Uh, wow!
0: In between those are losing some,
4: football games, <laughs>
5: those are some conclusions right
4: there. Oh, huh. Wait a minute.
5: Were the people being called? Were did they know they were going to their That call was going to be part of a study. <laughs> was that consensual?
2: <laughs> I don't know. They, they yeah. definitely had some aura massage. Yeah, <laughs> and probably more. We won't comment over the phone. <laughs> All right, last one.
4: <laughs> okay, sorry. My apologies oh. to any actual UT fans. It's just. I, I am obligated by graduating from University of Oklahoma to disue in any opportunity.
0: Very good. So, hmm.
4: very, you have very good researchers, and I apro- formally apologize.
0: Very about. good. Thank you for apologizing. Mm. I don't need any more listener I, I don't yeah. want to alienate any of our
4: listeners. Like, I, I love and respect you all.
0: All right, last set. A comparison of childhood lessons instilled by human fathers and mothers to offspring. Make me a sandwich. Ethnographic <laughs> considerations of male sexism and female obedience. Nope. Gosh. Pressures produced when... I'm going to try this again. Pressures produced when penguins poo. Calculations on (laughs) avian defecation. Which one of these is the actual title?
1: (laughs) There's so much you can step in on this one.
4: (laughs) That last one sounds like something that like... I, w- I would say that that se- that sounds like a title of a third grader's research <laughs> presentation, just like with the alliteration. But I want to know how a seventh grader got you know access to penguin poo. You know I'm gonna go with number three just to finish it. So up.
0: you're on pe- you're on I'm on penguin oh, penguin, penguin poo team yeah. team penguin poo. It's strange oh, that it wasn't number two.
4: <laughs> uh, come on, let's not be crude. Wow.
0: this is a professional <laughs> podcast. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I think we've proven that.
1: <laughs> any, uh, any. Uh, so, so we've got one person. Got one for staking one their claim. Yeah, I really like the penguin poo one too. Who doesn't like penguin poo? <laughs> really? When you come right down to it. Yeah, I mean I'm i sure zoo workers. What, yeah. So what was the first one? Was yeah, that was the, the cat food one?
0: one? Uh, no, this yeah. was uh that was a whole nother one.
1: Uh, a comparison
0: <laughs> of childhood lessons instilled by human fathers and mothers to offspring. That sounds boring. Mm. I'm going to go
5: with that one. Okay. Uh,
2: yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think attention grabbing is like, that's, I, I'm going to go with the sandwich one because of that. Yeah, like there you're you trying go. To, you're uh-huh. trying to get the attention. Okay.
0: Uh, No, it was uh, the pressures uh, of penguin poo. Yeah, Yeah,
4: penguin poo for the wind.
0: uh, (laughs) The authors of the 2003 polar biology article uh, assessed the pressures involved when penguins, known for shooting their feces relatively great distances, (laughs) (laughs) by assessing aperture size, the elevation of the bird's cloaca relative to the ground, the maximum Mm. distance achieved, the (laughs) the viscosity of the feces and its volume to obtain a result. That adult chinstrap penguins generated pressures between 77 millimeters Hg and 450
5: millimeters Hg.
4: Wow! So wow!
5: Those birds will try anything to fly again.
4: I want to read the grant proposal because someone had to write down. I want to measure, like you know, aperture size and all this stuff, yeah. and just, like submit that to some kind of governing board. I want to read that. proposal. This was an Ig Nobel Prize. Yeah, winner, I was going to say
2: that. That has to be. You know, that's like right up there with duck farts and whatever the <laughs> other one was. You know, it's like
0: yeah. Uh, I the the reason I cho- the reason I made up a comparison of childhood lessons instilled by human fathers and mothers to offspring is because I have a theory.
1: Oh, oh. This, is, this is Dave's paper. This is Dave's paper. his poster. This is this will be this will I will put
0: this the following phrase in the giant yellow shut it, son. <laughs> <laughs> the giant yellow field on my poster, and that is. Uh, get, mothers, get mothers teach their children how to live right. Fathers teach their children how to live. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh.
2: Well, Zang's a uh, aka, AKA get, get me a beer, boy.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is our show. John, Miranda, Nick, Kyle, thanks for being here you got it thanks Thanks and what sort of human garbage would i be if i didn't thank you listeners for making us part of your week for all your questions and for your supportive t-shirt and cookbook orders if you're new here and you'd like what you heard today subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts, google play spotify or wherever podcasts are available we love answering your questions so send your questions and comments to the at gmail.com or you can leave us a message at 347 short ct we'll talk about it on the show and hey, right now, while your podcast app is open, give us some more stars and a review. They let us know that you're happy with our work. If you'd like to leave a bad review, just visit tiny.cc slash tell us how you really feel. That's totally cool. We welcome it. Do you want to see what's at tiny.cc slash tell us how you really, really feel, guys? Do you Rick them? Rick
4: ah! ah! <laughs> Just That's fuck fun. your listener.
0: <laughs> the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Fox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. We'll talk to you in one week.